Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the weekly Wednesday for the Financial Freedom Newsletter, where every week, every Wednesday, we delve into something inspirational, motivational, something excerpt taken from the Financial Freedom Weekly Newsletter. Wherever you are, if you're listening on Spotify, on iTunes, Google, be sure to click the like, subscribe, share, comment. Without ado, let's get into the show. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast episode for the Financial Freedom Podcast. I'm really excited about today's guest, Phil White. His mantra is sales coaching for today while training for the future. He's got a career of more than 40 years helping others and he's going to talk to us all about sales and and it's going to be a fascinating discussion. Uh, Phil, welcome. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, we know we're part of the Podmatch community. Um, tell people about your story, uh, your background, and how you got started, what, what you do, what you do. So um, I was, I've was i been in sales, like you said, for a very long time, for more than 40 years. I This was my first uh, job out of college, and I never left the field. Oh, I started out as a young salesperson running up and down the street selling office equipment back in 1980. From there, I uh, worked my uh, way up. Uh, it was a young, at a young age to uh, management positions, and uh, I worked for companies like Sony, which is really my career job, if you will. I was there 23 years, and I was retired as vice president of sales for Sony Electronics. Yeah. And um, I've been managing people for more than 30 years, successfully managing people, very proud of the, the people I've managed. I've, I've had a very good success record of uh, having people stay with me for many years, in some cases more than 15 years, yeah. and, and, um, being, and having a diverse group and a very successful group. And I've been in all kinds of markets from the U.S. federal government, which I worked with for about 30 years, amongst many other types of businesses. So, yeah. but everything the sales, business development, and some marketing too. Yeah. Yeah. There's a great thing. It's everything is marketing, sales, innovation, those three things combination. And um, so, yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about um, additionally, you know, unfortunately, sales individuals have a bad re- connotation, but talk about how to differentiate yourself in a positive way. Uh, great conversation. In fact, that was a topic of, uh, a meeting I was in this morning, uh, that was the topic because the differentiation is what I'm actually coaching on. As, as you know, uh, Christopher, I, you know, I, now I have a sales coaching business. That's, that's what I do. But the differentiation is, is really what, what it's all about. And, you know, if you take the attitude that everybody's products and solutions are good and helpful and will solve a problem. So what differentiates you? Why should people go with you as opposed to anybody else? And it's you that makes the difference. And you could be your business and your business could drive you as an individual, but it's how you, how you approach people, how you work with them, how you ask these questions. And in 
the business that I'm in the, at the highest level, Christopher, I tell everybody that there are many, many very, very good sales programs out there to be had you know, from all kinds of price ranges and easily accessible. And there's great sales trainers out there without question. So the, the thing that's different with me, though, being a sales coach is that sales coaching is in the moment and in real time. So when I work with my clients, it's what do they need now? Where are they at? You know, are they are they having trouble closing? Are they in these situations where they need more help and how to ask for the order, how to successfully get the order? Or are they having trouble getting in the door? Or are they not really getting to the to the client's dominant buying motives? And we I work there with them, and then the training comes along. So the difference there is if you were in just a linear training program, you may never get to the place where they are right now until well after those opportunities have sailed and not with them in their boat, with somebody else's boat. Or on the other side, you could be way ahead of where they are, where you're helping them to learn how to close sales, and they can't even figure out how to get in the door successfully. They can't get new clients. They can't get new customers. So this is what differentiates what I do from anybody that I've run into in the field. Yeah. Yeah. And what's what's interesting is uh, if you could, because basically um, it's like consultants or coaches, you know, sales, if you can differentiate yourself in a positive way and stand out from the competition and, you know, financial advisors, planners, very similar. Uh, talk about competitors are beyond who you think. <laughs> Boy, it's like almost like you were uh, in some of my last sessions. It's, it's, it's great. So competition is it's, it's easy for people to see competition when they're direct competitors. Right. If you're selling apples and somebody else is selling apples, you're both selling apples. Right. So, however, competition isn't always what you think it is. And, you know, sometimes your competitors are things that are completely unassociated. One is time. These people only have so much time available and you're competing against other priorities is what you're trying to solve for this particular customer. Is this a bigger priority than the ones they are trying to solve? Or how do you get that reprioritized if it's the right thing to do? The other thing is money, right? Money is always a factor. And, and so limited resources for most companies and most people, not everybody, but for most people it is. And it's like, will they have a need to prioritize how they use their money with you as opposed to somebody else? And that's a competitor that's really, really prevalent. And so by asking really good questions, open-ended questions and drilling down to find out what the real issues are trying to solve or the real goal they're trying to achieve and the reasons why is what will differentiate. And that's the difference in the competition. Okay. Mm. So it's, you know, it's just not feature to feature. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that. And uh, you know, what's interesting is we're going to talk about because the whole sales process, it's like you go from like a cold or warm lead and you kind of ask questions you're not really you're just trying to gather information so talk about opening doors by telling story oh it's a, it's all about the stories yeah. and and you want to go so one is the story's got to be relevant to the person you're talking to right so you could have a great story about a great success but if it's not meaningful um to the person you're talking to then you're going to miss the mark and the door won't open or they'll say i don't have a need or i don't even know what you're talking about phil go away so 
the thing that you want to do, especially if you picture yourself in a networking event or someplace where you're meeting other people, right? And they come up and they say, hey, Christopher, what do you do? And you say, I'm going to tell you what I do. First, I have a quick question for you. What do you do? <laughs> so find out if they're a truck driver, if they're a doctor, you know, if they're what kind of doctor, if they're a doctor, because you don't want to make assumptions, because like, as you know, there's lots of kinds of doctors out there. Or are they uh, uh, a business owner of, of some you know, Best Buy or some, some big place or a small place? You don't have to get into all the details. They'll just tell you what it is, and then you choose your appropriate story. And you could say, oh, you, say you know, I was just working with somebody in this particular electric company, and the situation they were having was they thought they were having problems with salespeople. And that really wasn't the problem. The problem was in management. And we learned this by working together and by creating processes to help the management team, to help the salespeople. And, and then, then you ask the question, because remember, you're just trying to get in the door. You're not doing a sales presentation or anything else. You just want to get in the door. And then you say, and I would say to you, as I say, hey, Christopher, what, and I will ask you, what, what do you like about what you just heard? I'm actually asking you that question. Yeah. Well, I mean, basically you're opening the door, you're being inquisitive and you, based on the answer, you come up, you know, with a story to kind of gain rapport and uh, you get into their world. Right. And once they answer that question in a positive way, it's always about expectations. Every part of the sales process is about setting expectations for yourself and understanding what the expectations are of the person or persons you're talking with. And by setting the expectation, if all you, the expectation is to get the appointment where you can learn more about their business, because you're not going to sell anything in the lobby of the restaurant, right? You're not going to sell anything on the networking floor with everybody else. You're not going to sell anything on the telephone like that. If it's a sophisticated kind of solution, you need to get in and you need to learn more. So by, when they answer that question, what, what did you like? Remember, I wasn't asking, do you understand? I wasn't asking, you, you, you know, do you want to get together? No, I was asking, you know, what did you like? And they said, great. I said, what, we'd like to, what I'd like to do is learn more about your business and see if there's a way that I could help you with where your needs are. When would you like to get together next Tuesday or next Wednesday? And I didn't say get together no or yes. It was the alternative, right? Which one do you want? If they don't want to get together, they're going to say, whoa, I don't want to get together and then you could take it from there. But most of the time, by doing this open story, by asking what's going on, it works. And it's not a trick. It's sincere. As long as it's sincere and you're confident and you're honest about what you're saying, you'll get the appointment. Yeah, it's quite interesting. So the other question is, um, so, you know, a lot of, because uh, I work with, you know, realtors, I have my, and um, the, the really good ones, they can, they have really good clients. They ha they can sell these uh, the multi million dollar homes, um, and so talk about transitioning your career path from salesperson to someone as a leader and someone who trains others. Um, I'm really it's really interesting because at the heart of everything is sales, right? So it seems to be my niche, my thing. Um, I don't I don't try to be in charge of organizations or whatever. In fact, sometimes I try and hide because I just want to be a member, if you will. And uh, But somehow I get selected to, to run groups, committees, organizations. And, and it really is because of always trying to help people out and it's having an understanding 
of the needs of the company or the corporation you're working with or working for, as well as the needs of the customer and the employees and where they're at. And when you demonstrate that skill by being positive about, you know, not whining all the time, but, you know, being a solution provider, identifying a problem and offering solutions, that resonates. But then you have to have the respect of the people that are going to be working for you. And you have to have the trust of the people that you're work that you're working for because they're depending on me or whoever the management person is to get the job done, which at the end of the day is make the number. And also you have the responsibility. There's other responsibilities that go along with it. So I was fortunate that I had some very good mentors in this area when I was when I was younger. And um, and it became my skill sets. Um, you know, I was in Sony's government division for 22 of the 23 years that I was there amongst doing many other things in parallel over there. And I and I ran the organization for close to 20 years. Um, but I also was a vice president of sales for, for another company based here in the United States in, this, in the television industry. It was always in the business to business side, not the business to consumer side. And then also, for, you know, helped a company in France set up the U.S. operations here in the United States. And then during COVID, representing an Israeli company that couldn't get into the country. So as their head of sales here. So it was, it's just kind of a natural thing, but it's always about being focused on others and helping them. And if I could jump back to something you had said earlier, which is true, when you're talking about the bad connotation that goes with the title of sales, and I wear sales proudly. And I tell everybody I coach that you should be proud of it because it is a profession where you're always helping others, mm. always helping others. If you're, since, if you're sincerely curious about them and what they're trying to do and you want to help them, you're finding things for them, ways to help them, even if you're not going to profit by it, just by mm. helping them out, by directing them in the right place. And you know, I've got, you know, stories, you know, when I worked on a, on a multi-year project at the Smithsonian and it was a very competitive sale and everything else. But before even the final sale was done, they were asking me for help at the Natural History Museum in particular, with helping them to find things that were way out of my area of knowledge and everything else. They said, yeah, but Phil, we trust that you'll find the right person or you'll find the right company to help us and direct us in the right place. That was earned trust, right? And so you, 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 when you're, you're there when you're needed and you're there when they need you, even if there's not a sale you know, in front of it. And um, you know, a good example of that, which I'd like to share is, um, during the, working with NASA on a very large project that was um, a couple million dollars. And for what I did, a couple million dollars was a lot of money for building a space shuttle. It wasn't a lot of money, but for doing what I did. And, and right in the middle of that sales process was a second shuttle disaster. And NASA shut down everything for a couple of years or more. And at the end of this, when it came back around, they said to me, said, Phil, the one thing, you know, when they gave me this order, not only did we win it because we were technically competent and we were price competitive and and ironically enough, we weren't low price, but we value the best. Um, they said, you were one of the only people that was here over the last years when we weren't buying anything and you still were here regularly. You're still taking care of us. And now it pays off at the end. Yeah. It was a long answer to a short question, but... Uh, yeah, no, it's uh no, it's it's interesting because uh when I was uh, doing consulting for hospitals, ultimately it was about being a good. I mean, you you're selling your expertise and your skill set, and if you can do that well, you can apply it to 
you know, cars, medical devices, pharmaceutical, real estate, you know, a lot of things, you know, ultimately. So one thing that uh, if, you know, if people wanted to go into sale, one, of course, I know your answer is, would you recommend it? And what would advice do you have for those people that want to have a career in sales? I would say this, that I would ask what, why do they want to go into sales? Because there's different kinds of sales. And unfortunately, some people could get into the wrong kind and, and be very dismayed and turned off and never go back at it again. Because there's certain sales when you're calling on people. I mean, there's not many professions out there that you face rejection all day, every day. Um, mm-hmm. Right. When you're when you're trying to get in everything else. But not all sales are that way. For example, if you work in a clothing store and you're a salesperson who really knows your product, you know how to dress people, you know what differentiates your clothing from other stores, clothing, and everything else. You could be a great salesperson and you could be making a lot of money for that store and doing well for yourself. And then you could come and this has actually really happened in my world. And then you could say, hey, I want to go to another area of sales where I can make even more money. And so they came over to where I was at when it was selling office equipment, even when I was a young salesperson. And this was a very senior, you know, successful salesperson who did work in this clothing store. And he came, he was, he was older than me by quite a bit. And he came in crying one day because he couldn't handle the rejection. And that was because when you when people come to you in the clothing store, right, you're not pulling them in. You're not asking them if they want to, you know, if they want to buy something right away or you're trying to find out, you know, get in there where they're just going to walk away. Most of the time, if they're not interested and they're just looking, they'll say, I'm just looking and nobody takes that personally. But when you have to go out and you don't have leads and you're not following up on inquiries and you're going door to door calling, cold calling and things like that, that's a different type of selling. And if you're selling to resellers and distributors because you're worth a manufacturer, that's different than selling to the end user. And I actually created an entire chart that shows which types of sales job pays the highest and next level, next level, depending on who your customer is. And the end result really is that the closer you are to selling to the absolute end user, the more money you will make because it is because that is the one thing that if you don't show up for work, there won't be any sales. For example, if you were selling to a large electronics uh, business and they really liked your product because they were selling thousands or hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of your items every year, right? Whether you got out of bed as a salesperson or not, they're going to continue to buy that product. That, those decisions are made at such a high level and they're part of the process for so long. The salespeople have a different responsibility than those who have to go out and go to, um, let's say, uh, a government agency and get them to select your products for them to accomplish their mission. And they, those, the closer you are to the point where somebody says no, the more your value is as a salesperson. So mm. the answer to the question is, I would ask them what they want to do. Why do they want to be in sales? What is it about sales that intrigues them? Because it is not for everybody, but the mm-hmm. process is something that you will use in your life, whether it's personal life or whatever your profession is. The sales process is really important because it's about asking questions and listening and then using that information specifically to respond. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. And uh, most sales uh, that are the really good ones, they're very 
curious and they're always they don't take rejection personally they basically try to enter into their clients wor world and see how they can help them and by asking probing just very surface level questions and then get deeper and deeper try and right. understand it um it's the it's the bad ones that give the industry a bad rap one you know as we kind of come to the end you know what influenced you the most in business either i know there's great books um, on sales there's training um oh one thing you talk talk about is how does coaching differ from training coaching is about being there in the moment and in real time as i was saying earlier is about working with companies and individuals on what their issue is now where do they need help now what are they trying to resolve now why are they hiring me nobody's hiring me to train their people over a long time and, and then honestly expect this tremendous result at the end because that's a course, right? So the coaching is, is they have a, they, the reason they've hired me is that because they have a situation that they want to improve. And it's not always a bad situation. I'm working with one client who owns three locations and she wants to expand into other business markets. And she's already got lots of good things going on. She's making money. Her people love her. She takes good care of her staff, and and now she wants to grow. So that's a place where I'm helping her. I've learned how to get in the door in these other markets that she's completely unfamiliar with from a sales perspective. And coaching does that. And training, as I said, is very important. But training is so linear that you know you have to hope to pick up tidbits when you're there and recognize them. So I do the training along with the coaching. The coaching is the primary part because people need results now. And that's really a big thing. And that's what differentiates me and my business. And that's why um, I did retire after 40 plus years in corporate world and started this as a hobby, which turned into a really good big business now um, that I love doing because, you know, your question is, was uh, I think here at the end is, you know, why am I doing this or whatever is because and what influenced me the most I would I would say that you know Dell you know being successful early on in my career was very helpful from a mindset. You know Dale Carnegie, his methodologies and his teachings in his books and everything else, and the courses that I took, they were they they set the path for understanding the sales process for me. And then it was the reason I named my company Been There, been there <laughs> Consulting Services is because of all the things that I've had the ability to do in all the different marketplaces and all the different type of people to help. And some of these customers have been mine, were mine for 30 years, regardless of where I was at. And regardless of whether I saw, could had anything that they needed, we still stayed in touch uh, because that was the bond. And it was quite a few of them. Um, so that's why I stayed because the satisfaction is so great. And now I have the ability to coach others uh, mentor others, you know, university students, uh, work with not only new people in the industry, but people who are seasoned and they want to take advantage of my experience. And I'm all about helping others to be successful and, and watching the results. It's really great, especially on a week to week basis. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, uh, you mentioned Dale Carnegie, um, and there's so many. How can people contact you, follow you, uh, reach out to you, check out your website, etc.? Yeah, thank you for asking. So the best way uh, there's is uh, to learn the most is right to my website, which is which has been there. B e that's as in consulting services. So it's been there, 
And you can also send me an email directly um, at phil, P-H-I-L, at beentheircs.com. And I'll always respond. And everything's going on there, whether it's a sales coaching hour or how to you know, work with me in one-to-one coaching. And I'm doing um, you know, recording podcasts also, uh, which will be released soon. And maybe yeah. you'll be one of my guests. Yeah, and um, and uh, doing some other uh, some other very interesting things. So I guess I have to put off retirement for a while. No, I tell all my clients, I'll never retire. You know, once you, you know, if you do what you're passionate about, you you never you never work a day. So, right. um, but uh, yeah, interesting. So um, for all the audience out there listening, feel for coming on to the podcast. Uh, really, um, sales are very. Um, it's a very uh, uh, egregious profession and um, gregarious, and um, it's really interesting. And uh, all of Phil's resources will be in links and show notes. And thanks for coming on to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Much appreciated. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. listening if you liked it be sure to like comment share subscribe we're on everywhere spotify itunes google amazon audible and without much ado be sure to thank this show's sponsors and we'll see you next week